families that was born here in America. Uh, Angelique, Angel. Um, and so what I'd like to do is I'd like to invite Abwe and the family to come up. Everybody, Abwe, Sikitu, all the kids, everybody, come on up. Come on up, all you guys, all you guys, come on. And uh, Jeremiah, Jeremiah, could I get you to come up to and translate? So in case there's anything that Abwe would like to say to us, yeah? Uh, and then I'll let you guys uh, translate, but then I will, I will de- invite people to come and we'll dedicate. Angelique this morning. I'm praising for um, our Lord. Because he got our traveling when we came from our uh, uh, in Africa up to here. Na among us, we were another creature which God had uh, give us. Thank you. Oh, I'm, I'm sorry. For today, we are so happy because uh, the creature world was inside, today is outside, and the day to be dedicated among you. Na nifuraa kubwa. Kwetu sisi familia, na kwenu nini familia ya kiroa amba tumeikuta huku. It's joyful for us, the family, also to you, the spiritual family. Uh, According to the scriptures, First uh, Samuel say about Samuel when he was born, father and mother brought him to the tent. According to the scripture, the gospel also, Jesus was brought in and in front of of Simon to be dedicated. So we are so happy for this day to do the such things to our daughters. Oh, na sisi kama wazazi wa huyu tumemleta leo kanisani ili tuweze kumkabidhi kwa kanisa na pia aweze kuwekewa mikono na watumishi wa Yesu Kristo. Ourselves today we are so happy to bring her to you uh, to our church leaders to dedicate and to bless her according to scriptures said. Hey you guys, I just have to do this. You guys. This is your this is your girl. Yeah, this is your this is your baby, you guys. Look at her. This is your this is your child. Every child in here belongs to their mother and father, but they also belong to us. And they belong to God, and it's our job, right, to take care of them, to nurture them, 
to the passage that Abwe spoke of, right? We dedicate Angel this morning, but at the same time, we are reminded of all the beautiful kids that we have that we're responsible for here at Grace. And so, as I have the privilege of dedicating this little one, um, I'm also reminded of all these kids, all of the children that we have in our responsibility. So, and if I don't cry, something's wrong with me. Um, And I don't want to scare you, sweetie. She's beautiful. She's beautiful. She is a gift, right? She is a gift. So uh, I'm going to invite all, anybody who would like to come up and just surround this family, surround the baby. Come on up. We're going to come up and we're just going to pray. Anybody, anybody, anybody's welcome. Come on. Come on. So I will start, and then I'll ask Jeremiah, if he would, just to translate for the family, okay? And I've got one hanging out. Hi, Beatrice. How are you, sweetie? <laughs> Father God, as, as we spend time in your presence today, God, as we spend time in your presence with these new friends, we are reminded of the powerful gift of community that you give us. And I know that that gift does, it comes with a great responsibility. So I will pray this morning that you guide us with your spirit into a community of believers that loves well. that has um, a dedication to our small children, to demonstrate to them the kind of love that would allow them to know you better. Father, we just ask that you bless Angel this morning. That, God, you would just um, anoint her and protect her. And you would allow her to find uh, peace and love and hope and joy as she grows in you. Amen. We also uh, have for you, Abwe, this morning, we have a Bible. Storybook Bible right here. That is for Angel as she grows up, and we can read to her from, the, from the, her own Bible. Na shukuru sana kupokea zawadi hii ambayo ni neno la Mungu na linatufundisha kwamba tuwalee watoto wetu kwa njia inavyowapasa. Naahidi kwamba na kuomba Mungu aweze kunipatia nafasi na nguvu na juhudi na ujasiri wa kuweza kumlea kupitia neno la kitabu hiki. Amen. Amen. I'm so happy receiving this book in my hand from you my uh, my elders and I promise that I will do, I, I will use 
those word of God which is inside to lay my daughters and others in my family. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, could I get the rest of the kids to come on up? And I'm going to give the microphone over to Abby. And... Thank you. <laughs> right. Get on my normal side so it doesn't turn me off. You stay here with Abby. Can you sit down? Beatrice, you want to sit down? I think we need to put into simple words, um, I had a fallout with God. I abandoned my faith completely. It was probably one of the loneliest uh, points of my life. I kind of gave up on everything. I was diagnosed with bipolar II. I had depression. All of this stuff was just building up one after another. And the hardships with friends and with family and with school and the world, it just kept kind of piling on my shoulders. Um, and it was... It was really, it was, not, it was not fun. And there were times when I told myself, I cannot do this anymore. I just want to give up. This is, this is too hard. I can't do this. Um, and it, it got me to a really low point, I'm not going to lie. And I abandoned a lot of the people that loved me. I took some paths that I know I probably shouldn't have. I lost all faith in God whatsoever. And it was really scary for, you know, for my family and for me. I was confused, I was lonely, and I was really sad. Um, come after graduation, um, I kind of had a falling through, and I, after I'd gotten to, I had hit pretty much rock bottom. Um, and I just remember, I was just on the ground, I was crying, I was like, I, this is, I, just, I can't do this anymore. And I heard this voice in the back of my head say, get off the floor. I've got you. And I just, all of a sudden, I just felt like all these emotions that I'd had for so long just like lifted off my shoulders. And it was kind of woke me up. I was like, what have I been doing all this time? Why have I been so lost? Like, what's the disconnect there? And it just kind of made me realize that, you know, I, this is not where I'm supposed to be. I'm supposed to be with God. Like, he's been here the whole time, and I'm the one who turned the switch off of him. He never left me. Um, that was something that took me a very long time to realize that you, you can give up on God, but he never gives up on you. Um, so after I'd kind of gotten back in the groove, I was, you know, summer was starting. I was feeling better. I was getting help. I got connected with my friends again. Um, my mom came to me and she gave me a necklace that had a semicolon on it. She said, Josie, as a writer, as you know, you know what a comma is. It's, you know, it's a connecting joint of a thought. A period is what ends a sentence and a story. But a semicolon is the end to one but the beginning of another. And it means the story is not over. So lately, I have been living my life through semicolons and not periods. I don't know how well you can see this, but I got it tattooed on my wrist so that every time that I need a reminder, I just look down and I remember that my story is not over and that I've been rescued from this insane, insane time period, but it's, you know, he's there, and he's not giving up, and he rescued me, for sure, so.
Josie, for sh- sharing that. Thank you for, for those of you who don't know, that uh, that song was the one that Josie picked um, because it means a lot to her. Um, I think given what she shared uh, about her own rescue, uh, I think it's really super relevant and important for us. Um, hey, Lucian, I'm going to, can I call on you to do something for me? Um I, we just heard that, um, uh, that, that there was a loss. I believe you lost your brother in your camp last night. Is that right? Uh, Jeremiah, was, is, that, is that correct? I, I, would, I would love for you, Lucian, if you would, to f- just find out some of those details. And let's just spend some time praying for the, the family, Jeremiah's family, for... From what I could gather, um, Jeremiah's brother-in-law, who uh, served as um, the pastor uh, for all the Pentecostal churches in the camp, passed away this past week. Uh, It sounds like uh, he uh, died from high blood pressure. Um, And so let's just take a moment to, do you want me to pray as well? Okay. Um, Let's just take a moment and pray for the family at this moment. God, even as we talk about um, the faithfulness of your covenant um, and your goodness, God, we still experience loss. We still experience pain um, in this earth, on this earth. Um, even as your kingdom is here, God, there's still suffering. Um, there's still a need for, for rescue. And so we turn to you. And we lift up um, Jeremiah and his wife and their entire family as they grieve, as they mourn. Holy Spirit, would you draw near to the entire family, God? And would you speak truth? Would you speak hope? Would you um, 
place your hand upon them, and I pray that they would, they would sense your presence and your nearness um, and, and your comfort in this difficult time right now. Um, yeah, God, our, our hearts go out to our brothers and sisters uh, who may be wondering what will come next. Um, so, God, we, we speak faith to them. We speak hope to them um, that you are still on the throne. Um, um, and God, your purpose was to, to have your son be with you. And we don't always understand why. Um, we don't always understand why now, but you know. Um, so God, we trust you. Um, we renew our, our hope and our trust in you in this time. And, and we thank you uh, for Jeremiah and his family who are here and, and for what you're doing in their lives here um, and, and for how that's connected in your kingdom, in your story with what's happening even in the camp in Tanzania. Uh, we bless you. We thank you. Amen. So much, brother. Appreciate it. Well, as you can tell, it's already a little bit of a different service this morning for us, right? Um, I want to take a second, though, uh, in sticking with our, our um, DNA here at Grace. I want, to, I want to share the text that we're covering this week, okay? Um, We've been on this subject of covenant, as Josie mentioned, and so the text this week uh, continues that conversation about covenant. Uh, when I start reading it, many of you guys who've been in the church a long time will probably know uh, exactly what I'm talking about. You'll recognize the story real quickly, but I really want you to think about it through the context of covenant. Matter of fact, um, as you think of interesting things, for those of you who have your kids in here, as you think of interesting uh, pieces of information about covenant as I share the text or as we talk about it more, please, please feel free to take some time and, and share that with your, with your kids because I think it's important that we understand not only what co- what's the character of God's, God's covenant, but how does it free us? How does it free us to live into things differently um, than maybe we had before if we really understand what all is involved? So here's our text for this week. Uh, when it was reported to the king of Egypt that the people had fled, the heart of Pharaoh and his servants was turned against the people. And the king and his servants said, What in the world have we done? For we have released the people of Israel from serving us. Well, that seems really tough, huh? <laughs> um, what, do we do? what have we done? We've just released all of our servants. This is crazy. Um, uh, then he prepared the, uh, for we have released the people of Israel from serving us. Then he prepared his chariots and took his army with him. He took 600 select chariots and all the rest of the chariots of Egypt and officers on all of them. When Pharaoh got closer, the Israelites looked up and there were the Egyptians marching after them and they were terrified. The Israelites cried out to the Lord and they said to Moses, is it because there are no graves in Egypt that you've taken us away to die in the desert? What in the world have you done to us by bringing us out of Egypt? Isn't this what we told you in Egypt? Leave us alone so that we can serve the Egyptians because it is better for us to serve the Egyptians than to die in the desert. Uh, Moses said to the people, do not fear. Stand firm and see the salvation of the Lord that he will provide for you today. For the Egyptians that you see today, you will never, ever see again. And the Lord will fight for you and you can be still. Moses stretched out his hand toward the sea, and the Lord drove the sea apart by a strong east wind all that night, and he made the sea into dry land, and the water was divided. So the Israelites went through the middle of the sea on dry ground. 
the water forming a wall for them on their right and on their left. The Egyptians, Egyptians chased them and followed them into the middle of the sea. All the horses of Pharaoh, his chariots, and his horsemen. In the morning watch, the Lord looked down on the Egyptian army through the pillar of fire and cloud, and he threw the Egyptian army into a panic. He jammed the wheels of their chariots so that they had a difficulty driving, and the Egyptians said, Let's flee from Israel, for the Lord fights for them against Egypt. The Lord said to Moses, Extend your hand toward the sea, so that the waters may flow back on the Egyptians, on their chariots, and on their horsemen. So Moses extended his hand toward the sea, and the sea returned to its normal state when the sun began to rise. Now the Egyptians were fleeing before it, but the Lord overthrew the Egyptians in the middle of the sea. The water returned covered the chariots and the horsemen and all the army of Pharaoh that was, go, was coming after the Israelites into the sea. Not so much as one of them survived. But the Israelites walked on dry ground in the middle of the sea, the water forming a wall for them on their right and on their left. So to paraphrase one of my favorite leaders of history, Nelson Mandela, he said this, the long walk to freedom is frequently difficult and often confusing. <laughs> um, you know, if you think about our study through the lectionary of this conversation around covenant, um, it's really interesting. Some of the characteristics of covenant, it's, it's not a straight line. It doesn't necessarily tell us that, that things are going to go a certain direction. Or we know if you think about the story of Joseph, right? Um, all of the things that he encountered would, might even lead him to believe in a specific circumstance that maybe God's covenant wasn't long-standing, or that the things that were going on around him would cause great, great confusion. If you, if you think about the children of Israel in this story, the parts of the story we didn't read, right? Like, they were in captivity, enslaved for a long time. There were generations of Israelites that never saw freedom. And then after, uh, the, after this great uh, release by the Pharaoh, all of a sudden you think, uh, you think, whoa, it's, uh, it's good, we're safe, it's free, and then all of a sudden you turn around and Pharaoh has decided to come after you. And probably in their mind they're thinking he's going to wipe us out. So once again, it's a confusing. You're thinking, what, I thought we, I thought we were free. And, and yet they, they, they did end up being saved by God's grace, his mercy. They, they rescued him, they rescued them. Uh, and, and yet at the end of that they wander for how long? In the desert until they finally end up finding the promised land, landing in the promised land. How long was it? 40 years? 40 years in the desert. So, again, if this is the character of God's covenant, I don't know that we necessarily can think about it in our terms all the time. There definitely is something really interesting about the way covenant works. And so, as you think about the covenant that we are living under right now, the covenant that God granted us, the one that He is faithful to with us, Again, I ask the question, if you know it to be that long-standing, but maybe not a straight line, maybe not as linear as we think, how does that change the way we live, right? So I'd like to invite um, Grace Holt up uh, to join me uh, this morning. Um, as we continue these stories of rescue, understanding a little bit more about what that looks like in individual situations. So... Um, Grace, good morning. Thank you for doing this, by the way. It should, it should already be on. Try talking into it. it, it no? No. Now. 
this is They're, great for my anxiety. <laughs> yeah, no, plop up here on this little comfy chair. Rest your anxiety right there. Okay? Yeah. You good? Okay. <laughs> <Medicated>. Okay. <laughs> um, so, uh, hey, um, by the way, uh, for those of you who don't know, Grace is uh, the daughter-in-law of Brian and Debbie. And uh, the husband or wife of Aaron, right? Andrew, Andrew? Yes. sorry, you got too many kids now, guys. I can't, <laughs> I can't even keep their names straight. Um, uh, but we've known Grace a long, a long time. She's been a part of Grace Church for a long time. But I know that recently you started joining us on uh, Tuesday mornings. It's the the wee hour of six thirty a.m. and the teaching team. T- tell us correct. a little bit about how that experience has been for you. I mean, it's been. I almost want to say I, I, I'm not going to, okay, so it's a little selfish. I love learning, and I love good conversations and, like, digging into things. And so, I mean, I love it right now because I feel like I'm, I'm benefiting from it a little bit. But, I mean, and then, and then also there are things like being asked to share today where I'm hoping I'm, you know, contributing um, but it's been, it's, yeah, it's good. I like it. It's good stuff. Well, it's been fun having, having you there as along with all the other early morning, uh, folks that mm-hmm. join us. So, yeah, it's um, at a coffee house, so there's coffee. Obviously. Yeah, that's the only thing that probably saves us is the coffee. <laughs> um, so in one of your previous blog posts, which by the way, she's been writing for a while now, I think, and, and yeah. like, uh, if you've not read any of, uh, Grace's blog posts, they're really, they're really awesome. Um, but in one of your previous blog, blog posts, you talk about a song by Switchfoot. It's called "Dare You to Move." I'm not going to sing it. Um, I, I should have had it queued up, though. That would have been that would have been perfect. Um, but as a music guy, that blog caught my attention because you mentioned uh, that band and that song. So, what was it about that song? And in, in particular, uh, you mentioned this line in there about a maybe redemption has stories to tell. Um, so. Uh, Tell me a little bit about the song and that line and what motivates you in this case to tell your story. Well, I mean, redemption is one of those things where you, you can't keep it to yourself. It's not meant, the whole nature of it is not to be like, oh, great, God saved me. Let me go about my day and keep it to myself and yay me. It, it, I don't know, it's, I'm not going to put it into words very well, but it, it's counterintuitive not to talk about it. Like, it's so good, and it's so life-changing, and it's so amazing that you you can't just sit on that. Yeah. Um, and so when I think of being redeemed, it the nature of it is to share it. That's good. Um, so I know your story is complex, and we're not going to start from birth here. Um, <laughs> Uh, but I know your story is complex, and I, I don't know that we'll share all the details of that because we have the kids in here, and um, there's just a lot about it that you probably w- wouldn't want to share with them at this point in time. Um, but maybe if you could give us some details uh, and tell us a little bit, or maybe describe the place you found yourself, where you really felt um, enslaved, maybe by the way, is that, is that a good word to use, enslaved by the life, the, you know, the way life was informing you um, and the choices that you were making at that time? Well, I know everybody in here has not read the post, so I'll kind of keep it keep it short, I guess. Um, so I grew up in the church. Um, the church was very legalistic, and so my vision of God was rules, rules that keep you from 
doing what you want to do and and not screwing up. And on top of that, um, there were other traumas that occurred when I was a child. Me and um, I don't know if you've read Ashley Schultz's blog post on Grace Churches. Same trauma, same age. Um, so that informed my uh, view of myself along with a whole bunch of other things. So I'm growing up and I have this idea that I am too broken to be loved. I'm not going to cry. I might cry. Um, <laughs> Bring it. So, you know, you and then you go through puberty and you go through being a teenage being a teenager in general is hard and being a teenage girl is <laughs> is a whole nother monster. And so through all of that, I ended up getting married very young to someone who ended up being abusive. And he said that he loved me. And bear in mind, I was too broken to be loved. So I married the first guy that said he loved me. Um, got divorced very shortly after that. And that's when I left the church and decided to block out all the negative. Because, you know, that's our culture. We don't deal with bad things. We block them out. We numb them. We figure a way to not deal with it. Um, so I turned to a lot of um, substances. Some were legal and some were not. Um, and that was where God found me. And, I mean, Josie mentioned hearing a voice. I had the same thing. I was in my room, in my bed at one of my lowest points, and I hear God go, what are you doing? And it wasn't judgmental, and it wasn't angry. It was just, I know better, I, and I want so much better for you. What are you doing? And um, that was my come-to-Jesus moment. <laughs> and, yeah. That's good. You talked a little bit about the role of the church and... Um, you know, I, I, I am assuming there was some fears that you were wrestling with and obviously self-worth. Self but God showed his ability to sort of be sovereign in that whole, you know, in that whole thing. Has church now played a different role for you as you think about it versus the church that you grew up in? It has. Um, I mean, I mentioned I love learning. And so when you, when I had a different view of who God was, then you, I have this opportunity through the teaching here at Grace and through a community of people and through other friends of faith that I have that don't go here just to rewrite that idea of who I think God is. Um, and so, yeah, we'll stop there. What, so so um, what changed for you? Well... Another thing that I have in common with Josie, I also got my first tattoo. It says loved. And I think that's what changed. Is this, is, I don't know why it wasn't reinforced as I was growing up and why it was a recent thing to learn, but I'm loved. Beyond, in spite of everything, I am loved, and that is unlosable. Wow, that's good. Um, so when you think about the story I just read and the conversation about the rescue of the children of Israel, um, 
how do you see that or in, in light of your own r rescue story? Well, I think when we come to the part in the text where the Egyptians are coming after the Israelites, you know, they've been freed and then they see the Egyptians and they immediately forget that they're supposed to be saved. They, they immediately think they know better again. Oh, there's no way God can save us from this. We're about to die. Um, I mean, gosh, I did that. I thought I knew better. And um, then God was like, hey, guess what? This is my nature. I promised I was going to save you, and here I am. This is what I'm going to do. Yeah, yeah. Um, so maybe one more question, maybe two, but no more than three. Um, one key note in the text um, uh, sort of relates to this, you know, this, this lack of confidence that the children had of Israel had that, that God would really save them, even though in spite of all the things that they had witnessed him doing and all that kind of stuff, they still were like, oh, we should have just, you know, why does he even drag us out here? We, you know, we, can, we can have a, a grave as easily where, you know, in Egypt, why, why bring us out here to die again, you know? And then, of course, God comes and rescues them. But um, is that part of your story as well? I'm tracking with the question, but not really. Okay. <laughs> I think, I don't know. I think, yes. And I'll say that because another thing that I wrote recently that I think a lot of people in here have seen is my current struggle with anxiety and depression. And so I think sometimes even after you've been saved, you get caught up in life and you get distracted by temporary things um, and sometimes it's not even being distracted sometimes it really is just brain chemistry um, and so I think even when you know you've been saved sometimes there's still that that struggle to see it in the midst of life well hey we have our kids in here this week with us and so um if, is there any related advice you would give to kids, kind of knowing where they are? And, of course, we have all different ages in here. Uh, and so you probably aren't going to be able to tune it in to, you know, <laughs> different things for each age group. But um, is there something that you would say, maybe even to your own kids, mm -hmm. about your experience? Um, what would you, if you had something to say to them, what would you want to say? This is the one that kept me up late last night thinking about how to answer this. Um, Know your worth. Know that you were created by a God that loves you, who doesn't make mistakes. Just, and even, you know, in the cases where you may decide to reject his love, he still loves you and is still there. And you are worth love and respect just based on that, not based on all the noise that the world is probably going to throw at you as you grow up. Just, that's it. You're, you're loved, and there's nothing you can do to stop that. That's really good. Hey, Grace, thank you for your courage this morning. Uh, thank you for your courage to write those first couple of blog posts. I know that was a difficult thing for you to kind of throw yourself out there a little bit for public opinion, um, but I'm super proud of you. Love you. Um. I think what we'd like to do maybe is continue on um, um, and maybe answer 
in answer to the conversation that we just had uh, with, with Grace by giving God thanks through the song. And one of my favorite songs, it's been around a while, it's called uh, Mighty to Save. It's a great song. So uh, use that, let's use that as our prayer in response to what we've heard this morning already.
Teresa Cornett. I am the Connections Ministry Team Leader here at Grace, and I'm just going to introduce a friend in a minute, but I wanted to just suggest to you too, you may not feel like you need to have deliverance or exodus from a bad situation. Could it be that you're like me, and maybe you find that you're led out of something to something better? Maybe, kids, Maybe you've been thinking about, what am I going to be when I grow up? What do you want to do when you grow up? I see Esther's already thinking about it. God has put you on the earth, and he's giving you experiences and talents and interests. And if you listen to him and if you follow him, he is going to lead you. Exodus 15, 13 says, With your unfailing love, you lead the people you have redeemed. So I'm going to introduce my friend Abwe to you. And in the time that I've been volunteering with Canopy, um, it's been a year and two months, I am in the progress of being delivered. Um, I've been overindulging in food. My friend Abwe gave me the very specific measurements. This is what the daily allotment of food in a refugee camp is. Cornmeal. Oil, beans, and then something that I tried to replicate that he said is corn-soy blend. And it looks, I looked online, it's some kind of a, maybe a nutritional formula type thing. And he said sometimes they had to cut back on this. So God is working on me. I have wasted a lot. I've wasted a lot of my resources. I'm trying to do better in that. I'm thinking about how I spend my time. I'm learning from my friends how to ask about family first instead of just being, what's next to do? Do this, do this, check off everything on the list. So God is working on me, and um, I have a realization now that I am trying to live a little bit more simply so others can simply live. So kids, just stay tuned on that. Um, as you come up for communion today, I'll leave that there as a little reminder. And um, I'm going to make one to keep at my house, too, if you're interested talk to me or maybe take a picture of it to remind yourself. So I'd like to invite my friends Lucian and Abwe up and they're going to share a little bit more with you. We're going to try to be as efficient as we can be. Um, <clears throat> Abwe's going to be sharing in French and I'm going to be translating for him. Um, it's, it's a privilege this morning to, to be able to talk about rescue and to be able to talk about God's covenant and how that has intersected with our brother Abwe's life. Um, and so I'm going to jump right in here and start with our first question. Uh, I'm going to just read the question in French, and the question will be in English so that you can follow what I'm, what I'm asking him. Alors, frère Abwe... Um, <clears throat> Nous étudions l'alliance et le caractère de l'alliance de Dieu. 
Cette semaine, nous avons lu l'histoire de la délivrance des Israélites par la main de Dieu. Quels sont des exemples dans ton expérience qui démontrent la fidélité de Dieu à son alliance avec toi? Oh, merci, frère Isaac. Euh, J'ai beaucoup d'exemples, mais surtout que il dénonce que je puisse retourner sur l'histoire de mes prédécesseurs. Thank you, Brother Isaac. Um, it, it, I have a lot of examples, um, but I, I will start with the examples of my predecessors. La question est courte, mais elle est longue. Parce qu'il s'agit de comparer la, simul la similarité entre mon pèlerinage uh, à Arkansas et celui de The question is short, but it's also long because it involves um, digging into the similarities between my own journey to Arkansas and those that have come before me. Oh, je ne suis pas le premier à être refugié et à être dans un pays qui n'est pas le mien d'origine. I'm not the first to be a, a refugee in a, in a country that's not my own. Joseph... Uh, le premier, il a fui son pays après avoir reçu la grâce de Dieu et il a eu la grâce de Dieu devant Dieu et devant ses parents et ses frères, mais aussi a jailli la jalousie. Joseph also was a refugee and he had the, the, um, the favor of his, of his family um, and also the favor of God before his enemies. Et ensuite, ses frères l'ont vendu. And his brothers then sold him. Mais il y avait le plan de Dieu. But the plan of God was present. Il est vendu et il est arrivé en Égypte. And he arrived, he was sold and he, was, and he arrived in Egypt. Égypte, c'est un pays de l'Afrique, du continent africain. And Egypt is a country of, in, the, in the continent of Africa. Et après cette grâce, Joseph devait entrer en tentation. And after receiving this grace, Joseph entered into temptation. Il était en tentation devant le, la famille de Potiphar et en tentation en prison. He was tempted by Potiphar's wife and also tempted in prison. Maintenant, à cause de sa fidélité devant cette tentation, puis, euh, euh, Joseph recevra la bénédiction du Seigneur. Because of his faithfulness um, while facing that, those temptations, God blessed him. Et il a été élevé dans le cours royal du Pharaon. And he was elevated in the courts of the Pharaoh. Et il deviendra le sali ou la délivrance des siens quand ils ont eu la famine dans leur pays du ressort. And he became the, the savior of his, own, of his own people when they were enduring a famine in their country. Oh, nous allons aussi parler de Moïse. There's also Moses. Moïse est, le deuxième, est une deuxième personnalité. Moïse, Moses is the second person. Naquit dans le massacre de tous les enfants des, Égyp des Israélites en Égypte. He was born while the uh, Israelite children were being massacred in Egypt. Mais il a reçu la grâce de sa sœur Miriam. He received the grace, he received grace through his sister Miriam. Et de la princesse du roi Pharaon. And the queen of, of uh, Egypt also. Maintenant, il va croître là-bas et il deviendra la délivrance des, des Israélites en Égypte, où ils étaient les esclaves. So Moses grew up in Pharaoh's court um, and then he then becomes the, uh, the rescue, the deliverer of his own people. 
Et en fait, nous parlons de Jésus-Christ de Nazareth. And finally, we speak of Jesus of Nazareth. Jésus-Christ de Nazareth, qui est prophétisé comme il sera le Seigneur, mais naki, on n'a pas compris, mais on l'a haï. Jesus, who was prophesied to be the Savior, uh, but we, they didn't understand um, how that would happen, where he would, where he would um, come from, and what he would do. Et le roi Hérode a autorisé qu'on puisse massacrer tous les enfants de son, de, de son temps. And King Herod uh, declared that um, all the children uh, under the age of two should be massacred. Et ses parents aussi sont, vont se réfugier en Égypte. And Jesus' parents went and became refugees, went to Egypt to become refugees. Voilà que je dis que je ne suis pas le premier à être réfugié et notre sauveur a été aussi le, le réfugié. And here's a, here again I say that I'm not the first to have been a refugee. Our Savior was also a refugee. Et Jésus n'a pas été seulement le sauveur des siens, mais aussi de tout le monde. Jesus was not only the savior of his own people, but he was the savior of everybody. Il nous a sauvés de nos péchés. He saved us of our sin. C'est grâce à lui que nous avons la vie et l'espérance de la vie éternelle. It's by his grace that we have life and we have hope for eternal life. Maintenant, je vais établir la similarité entre ma vie et celle de personnalité d'autrefois. Now I'm going to make the connection between my own journey and the, the people of, of, uh, of the past. Dans mon pays, in my country, je logeais ou j'hébergeais les garçons de Banyamurenge. I was, um, in my country, I was hosting um, some gentlemen of the Banyamurenge. Les Banyamurenge sont les Rwandais résidents au Congo. Banyamwenge are Rwandan people who are living in the Congo. They came to the Congo as refugees. They didn't put them in refugee camps, they didn't put them to the side. Alors, à un certain moment après, beaucoup des années là-bas, ils ont déclaré devenir les autochtones, ils ont déclaré la nationalité par la force. After being in the country for so many years, they attempted to um, establish their own citizenship by force. Voilà que la guerre avait pris l'aspect ethnique. That's when the war took on a more ethnic uh, cleansing kind of a, a phase. Maintenant, les milices devaient venir prendre ces garçons qui étaient dans ma maison pour aller les tuer. Now the authorities were going to come to my house to, re to capture these young men, to kill them. Heureusement que j'avais déjà fait évader. Thank goodness I had already told them and they, they had left. Je devais moi-même être torturé à leur place. And I myself was going to be tortured in their place. Et grâce à Dieu, by God's grace, les autorités de ces milices m'ont encore accordé un peu d'état pour chercher ces garçons. Au cas où je ne les trouve pas moi-même, je serai mort à leur place. By God's grace, they gave me a little bit of extra time to locate these young men, and they said that if I was not able to locate them, I would be tortured in their place. Mon tas de that was my opportunity to escape. Et je suis entré au cas de and I arrived to the, in the refugee camp. Je reste au cas de and I stayed in the refugee camp. God elevated me to the, to the office of secretary of the church. And there, les le prophéties ont commencé à dérouter. La prophétie. Oh. Um, the prophecy started to take a turn. 
On a prophétisé que nous devrions retourner dans l'idolâtrie. Somebody prophesied that um, the church should return back to more like a uh, idolatry practice, practices that resemble idolatry. L'immolation des bêtes encore à la place donc pour la délivrance des péchés. The idea of sacrificing animals for the, for the forgiveness of sin. Je n'ai pas été d'accord avec ça. I did not agree with that idea. Je n'ai pas participé à ce genre de, de, de culte. I did not participate in that kind of worship. Alors, la réunion a été euh, montée inconciliable qu'il faut m'écarter de l'église, il faut même me traduire à la justice. So some people uh, had meetings and decided that they were going to find ways to push me out of the church and even um, have me go see the authorities. Et ils ont fait cela, ils ont écrit des lettres à l'autorité locale et à la police. They wrote letters to the local administrators and to the police, um, accusing me. Et cela aussi a été l'occasion pour moi d'être réinstallé parce que j'étais maintenant dans l'insécurité. Être réinstallé dans d'autres pays. So then, because of that, there was potential. I, it was there was the potential that I would be, have to then go to another country because of this situation. Et voilà que moi je me trouve ici avec tous les miens en tant que rescapé, en tant que sauvé par le Seigneur pour son alliance. And here I find myself uh, in this camp um, that I was, res I was rescued in this camp and I'm, I'm with my family, but then there's a situation coming up. Avant que je quitte le camp, before leaving the camp, le, la majorité des, euh, des adhérents de l'église Uh, the majority of the uh, members of that church they found that I didn't have that I didn't do anything wrong that there was no reason for me to be punished so they removed themselves from that leader that was pushing that agenda and the first service we were 20 le second kilt, the second service, nous étions à 45. We were 45 gathered. Le troisième kilt dominical, nous sommes arrivés à 67 comme ça. For the third, for the third service, we had 69 people gathered. Et le quatrième kilt, nous sommes arrivés à 93. For the fourth service, we had 93 people gathered. C'était vraiment une croissance, une croissance extraordinaire de l'église. It was a really extraordinary influx of people and a growth of the church. Voilà que je comprends qu'il y avait une alliance avec Dieu. That's how I, I, I can see now that, I, that there was a, an, a covenant with the Lord. Avant que je quitte, je quitte le, le, le camp des réfugiés. Before I left the camp of the refugees, Il y avait déjà 125 par, euh, à there were already 125 people gathering to worship. Actuellement, Presently, I've been told that there are more than 237 people who are now participating in the service. Je comprends que ceux qui m'ont choisi à diriger cette église, à être leader de cette église, n'ont pas été en tort, ils suivaient le plan du Seigneur. I've come to understand that those who uh, encouraged me to take up leadership of the church were not wrong, um, but that they were being obedient to the Lord. Voilà, merci. Et c'est pour cela que je compare ma vie de la délivrance et 
la vie des personnages d'au-delà. And this is why I, I really take the time to compare my own deliverance from the, uh, to the deliverance of those who came before me. Je suis moi-même ici comme délivré. I'm here uh, as one who has been delivered, who has been rescued. Ma famille avec moi aussi délivré. My family as well rescued. Et j'espère que le reste de ma famille va aussi me rejoindre ici comme euh, les gens qui sont délivrés. And I hope one day that the rest of my family members will be able to join me here as those who have been rescued. Et je demande à vous comme l'a présenté notre sœur euh, Teresa. And I ask you, just like our sister Teresa presented, de visiter un peu le camp, to go visit the camp, voir comment les gens sont dans la tombe, to go see how people are in the tomb. Et vous allez comprendre que ceux qui quittent là-bas pour venir ici ou aller ailleurs, c'est comme s'ils sont délivrés. And you'll be able to see how those who leave the camps to go to come to the U.S. or somewhere else, how they are rescued. Et personnellement, je comprends que ceux qui déraillaient maintenant, ceux qui pratiquaient l'immolation des bêtes, aussi vont dans la tombe, alors que ceux qui choisissent de rester dans la bonne voie du Seigneur sont délivrés. Mm. And what I've noticed is that um, those individuals that were um, pushing towards um, more idolatry and, and uh, sacrifice of animals find themselves more in a tomb. But those who are um, seeking to, to, uh, to do what, what the Lord says, to be obedient to the Lord, are finding deliverance and rescue. Voilà, j'ai répondu à votre question longuement. All right. Um, I'm going to ask him one more question. Uh, he's he shared already a lot about the church, but I'm going to ask him to, to tell us a little bit more about the church. Um, Est-ce que y a y a y a quelque chose d'autre que vous voudriez um, partager avec nous uh, à propos de de l'église qui est qui est dans le camp? Que, quoi d'autre voulez voudriez-vous ajouter pour pour nous encourager? Oh, j'ai déjà euh, décrit la vue de l'église, j'ai déjà décrit la vue de, de réfugiés en général et au camp. Ce que je demandais, c'est que vous puissiez avoir euh, la faveur, la grâce envers eux. Mm. I've, I've a lot about, um, I've described the church and kind of what's happening. My, my heart and my desire is that, um, that you would have, uh, that you would um, have grace upon them. Euh, pour mon église, les soutenir, donc l'appuyer, appuyer cette église qui est devenue la même comme la vôtre ici. Um, to support this church and to um, stand behind this church, which has become uh, kind of like my community, which is my community, like this church has become my community. Et pour l'ensemble de réfugiés au camp. And for the refugees that are in the camp. Votre volonté de vouloir les amener ici puisse continuer and um, for, for those who are in the camps uh, the efforts um, through canopy and through others that to, to help them come to the US we, I, my desire is that that would continue et ceux qui n'auront pas la chance de venir ici puissent être aidés au niveau même du camp and for those who won't have the opportunity to come here that they would receive help and support even in the camp parce qu'il n'y a pas que le problème de la ration There's not only a problem of ration in the camp. Il y a aussi le problème des maladies. There's also the problem of disease. Et Dr. Saylor nous a parlé hier de la, la, la relation entre psychocellanémia et la malaria. 
uh, at a presentation yesterday, a, a doctor shared about the connection between sickle cell anemia um, and malaria. Uh, and malaria. La región es endémica la malaria. And that area is, is has an, there's a epi, ep, epidemic of malaria in that er, in that area. Uh, voilà que ces gens méritent, nécessitent être sauvés, être euh, délivrés de cette euh, vie. The people there in the camp really deserve to uh, to be delivered uh, from that situation in the camp. Voilà. Okay. Thank you so much. Je vous remercie. I consider it a privilege to uh, uh, to have to call Abwe and his family friends. Um, I think I wrote in the blog post this week um, about um, um, the fact that I used to watch these shows on TV and I would see some things going on uh, in camps, um, children that were hungry and disease and things like that. And, and I was maybe sympathetic, but uh, it didn't hit me. And then Abwe and his family and Jeremiah and his family were over at our house the other night and they were describing um, what was happening. And, um, and it, because Abwe is now my friend, um, it meant something different. Like I couldn't establish the level of empathy that I maybe needed to have on my own. But because um, Abwe is a part of my life now and I am a part of his his friends are my friends. And so it got real. It got real in a hurry. It got real in a hurry last night at the, at the Canopy event, didn't it, guys? I see Sarah over there uh, shaking her head. And so, you know, in uh, John uh, 6, and I want Lucian to pray us into this, but um, in John 6, 53 through 58, it says this, and Jesus said to them, truly, truly, I say to you, unless you eat of the Son of Man and drink, you have no life. There's no life in you. But whoever feeds on my flesh and drinks has eternal life, and I will raise him up on the last day. For my flesh is true food, and his blood is true drink, right? So whoever feeds on the flesh and drinks, uh, whoever enjoys communion and is re uh, reminded of that, abides in me and, and, and we in him. So as a living Father who sent me, I, and I be, live because of the Father, so whoever feeds on me, he also will live because of me. And so in a way, what Jesus did is he divided himself up among all of us. He divided himself up among all of us, and he continues to do that. And this table, as we join in communion, is a symbol of that. So many challenges we wrestle with in the flesh come from our inability to re release ourselves from a kind of a false sense of worth, right? When we commune with him, when we take part in communion, it is our chance to remember the source of life, to remember whom we abide in. And so in, the, in that remembering, uh, we really remember who's in charge and how he's freed us, right? He's freed us. So we can throw off those chains, the narrow expectations that we might have, we can live into our relationships without fear. We can hope to become more like the Father. That's what happens. At least that's what's happened to me, my own testimony. So, Lucian, would you pray us into a time of communion? Um, 
And then uh, also we'll, during that time, we'll be taking up an offering. Brian, could we take up two offerings today? Could we, could we pass the basket one time real quick? And if you don't have a, anything to, to give, but you want to just write a note or tear off a piece of corner of a paper and drop it in there, I'd like to take up uh, an offering for uh, the church that Abway spoke of back in the camp. Can we do that? And then maybe follow that up with our re regular offering. So you'll get the basket twice today. <laughs> First time for Abwe and our sister church back in Africa. And then the second time for the ministry that we have here. Lucian. Let's pray. God, we, uh, we confess that we can't really fully understand um, the scope of uh, your covenant with us, of your commitment to us. All we can really say is thank you. Uh, thank you that you are committed to us, God. Thank you that you've made a way. Um, you chose a difficult way. Um, you take it upon yourself to make a way for us. And so, God, thank you that you have... Um, set up this table for us to receive, to receive freely from you. God, I just pray that all who are seeking you would come with thanksgiving, um, with hope, with faith. Would you renew us, God? Refresh us, rejuvenate us. Thank you that even today you are the God of rescue. Thank you for all the examples of rescue um, among us whether it be in small ways or in more dramatic ways, it, it all testifies of your goodness and of your commitment and of your covenant. We bless you and we thank you in the mighty name of Jesus.
stories of what they think you're like but I've heard the tender whisper of love in the dead of night and they tell me that you're pleased and that I'm never alone good good father to Thank you. 
Thank you for worshiping with us today, and a big thank you to the people who were brave to tell us their stories. If you are feeling called out of something or being led to something, you're not alone. Uh, we have community here, so please um, see some contact information on the website or in the brochure as you exit by the, um, the doors. There's an informational brochure with lots of contact information. We have grace groups. We have people who will meet for coffee. People will visit with you over dinner, but um, you're not in this alone, so let's walk it out together. Um, if you did not get a chance to give today, um, there is a place on the website. If you go to gracechurchnwa.org and then see the tab that says give, you can designate. It has a place to write a note, so if you would like to do that at the convenience of your home, you can do that also. We do have a couple of volunteer needs that are posted to the left on posters as you exit the worship center. So thank you again for being here today. Have a great week. <laughs> 